Hey everybody, welcome to Tessa Van Wade's show. And of course, on my first show, I thought it best to have the person who knows me the best. And I am looking at him right now, Mr. Ben Sandberg, my husband. Hello. How many years? Oh, together <laughs> or married? I don't care. I know the answer. <laughs> Both answers. We've been married 21 years this May. Yes. And we've been together 24. Four years this April. We've been together longer. To, we have been together longer than we were not together. Way longer. Yeah. At this point. That became remember? a thing like seven years ago. I was going to say, do you remember when we hit that point? And it was like, oh, suddenly it's like, whoa, I have been with you most of my life. Then I've been with you more than most of my life. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. I think the craziest thing is that we have a daughter that's 16. She's going to be 17 in May. And it's so funny because we <laughs> look at her and she's so like to us. She's a baby. She's yeah. Even though she's an old soul. Right. But the fact is, is that when I think about the fact that we went, we met at 17 and started dating closer to 17, 18, we, it just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. I get really sad. When my phone, on my phone, on the screen, it, it like cycles through old photos just from, you know, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And uh, it'll show me a picture of the kids when they're young and it yeah. makes me really, really sad because they're huge. But it's funny because now that they're older, it's, I mean, they're, they're becoming such cool people. Yeah. Like me and Evie, our oldest... We have like real conversations now about life because she and I are are very, very similar in that we are both um, like head cases. So <laughs> she comes to me now because she used to come to you a lot. Yes, and she did. now she realizes that, oh, my brain is weird, just like dad's brain. Well, I think she got to a point where she outweirded me. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it anymore. I think part of it too is that sometimes Evie just wants a direct answer. Yeah. And you like to be like, well, you know, God wants you to do this. And it's because. I don't say that. You get, you get like really Ooh. philosophical. And I'm like, Evie, just control your insanity. That's all you got to do. It is true. And it's true. you're okay. And you're okay. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately that's what the kids need us to say. Yeah. I okay. give like the cliff notes answer. You give like the, yeah, you write a novel for her. Well, here's the thing. We're in a day and age where I think that, that I think a lot of us are worried about our children. Right. I mean, when did that not happen? I always talk to my mom. I don't know. This she, is my first go around. So yeah, but I had talked to my mom all the time and she's like, Oh yeah, I totally worried about you guys, you know? And it's so funny because I think that with our kids, we worry about them, but then we're in such a different, I now understand why our parents always looked at us and were like, uh, I don't know how to sometimes raise you because every single generation changes. And we now have, we now deal with, all the aspects of this generation that we never had to deal with. Yeah. So we're trying to raise kids, but we're trying to raise them in a, in a situation that we don't understand. Yeah. So I truly believe that the best thing we can do 
is simply raise them to, you and I were talking about it, to understand themselves so that they can make good decisions for themselves and not make good decisions for us, if that makes yeah. any sense. And let, let me give a little bit of, of, of back to that is, is, you know, being a part of marriage and having children, not everybody has children, but I think regardless, we all deal with relationships in marriage outside of our marriage. And so when we, I think it's really important that you and I have always come together in communication style. We've always done really well at communication style, I would say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part. Okay. I think that, you know, we, we do the typical, like, hold on to our point of view as long as we can until we realize it's, <laughs> we're not even really arguing about what we're arguing about. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but, I, I, yeah, I think that ultimately we talk it out and we figure it out mm-hmm. and we move on. That's the big one. We move on. That is Instead the big of thing. holding, yeah. like we have arguments, like the same themed arguments for the last 20 years. <laughs> like we argue about the same totally. thing. Totally. And there are certain things that I just don't think that we will ever fully resolve. Nope. But it's like we understand that. And that's we do. okay. I, I, I watch us in, in arguments or whatever. And, and at a certain point, I think we actually kind of laugh at each other and just go, you know what? I think we're at a, like, we're at a, a standstill and this is just not going to go any farther. But yet I understand why you're thinking that way because I understand you so well. Mm-hmm. I understand, you understand why I'm thinking that way because you understand me so well. So we're okay because I trust who you are as a person and you trust who I am as a person. So we're okay with just kind of allowing ourselves to have that little bit of a difference of opinion. Well, I think too, I mean, you and I have been together since we were kids. So we have a very similar background. We come from the same place. And a lot of times it feels like because of that, we should agree on everything. Right. But because we kind of, we grew up together. We have become adults together but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're the same person. Right. We have the exact same story for the past 24 years because that's how long we've lived together and been together. Right. But we're still two different people. Yeah. Trying to trying to work out one life. Right. And I think what a lot of people that get together later in life, they have way different arguments. Oh, totally different. Because they have had totally separate lives. And then when they get together, they have to merge these lives. But for us, it's like, we still have two separate lives, but we're together mm-hmm. for so long. So long that I've forgotten what I was even saying <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, the whole reason. <laughs> nice. But I'll just keep talking to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Which is what I love about you. But the whole reason I even got into this conversation, right, is because we were talking about our communication style and how you and I have over the years we've had to work at trying to figure out how do we raise these two kids in a, in a society that we don't, that are, that is totally different than how we grew up. I mean, the 1980s and the 1990s, totally different than these generations that we have watched our kids grow up in. And, but our communication style, I think over the years has adopted the idea that 
since we don't know what society is giving us at this point, because we didn't experience it like that, the best that I can do is create the more solid child that I can so that when they make decisions, they are not making decisions based on us. They are making decisions based on the true person that we have tried to create them to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this the other night, and I thought it was really, really smart. Oh, which, who? Me? You? you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I always think I'm smart. But <laughs> yes, for you, you like, you, you hit it on the head. It's like, I feel like growing up in our experience, um, it was, this is what you should do because it's the right thing. Right. Which isn't false. It's true. No, yeah. This is what you should do because it's the right thing. And it's like... So I would well, do those things. Well, this is what you should do because my parents are going to be really disappointed if I right. don't. Right. So I'm doing these things in order to make my parents, teachers, pastors, whatever, yep. happy. And you said what really we should be teaching them is doing the right things for themselves so that the decisions they make are directly teaching them that obviously it's directly impacting their lives. Right. But we're teaching our kids to you know, make the right choice, not for us, but for you. Right. Because you're the one that's going to be affected by it. Yeah. For example, kind of exactly what. It's kind of obvious, but. It's, it is, but it isn't like, like for example, like I think that we get into our, into our normal daily clicks and we just go, I need you to freaking do the dishes because I just need those freaking dishes done. Well, the old adage of, because I told you so. Yeah. Because I told you so. So getting away from that old adage of, uh, because I told you so, well, guess what? Because I told you so doesn't work because the reason we're saying because I told you so, or the reason our parents said because I told you so is because they had a different generation that they grew up in and they didn't understand the generation that we were growing up in. So what's funny is I think that in our day and age, it wasn't normal to discuss, to discuss why you choose to do this because of the healthy reasons. Right. Right. It was because this is this is a let's go back to the way we grew up. This is sinful. This is not. This is this will get you the A. This won't. This This gets you into hell. (laughs) And this doesn't. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's primarily what my choices were based on is will this cause me to go to hell forever? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was really good kid, man, (laughs) because. I really didn't want to go to hell. Same here. And and like every little thing to me was that exact thing. And so what's weird is we chose a long time ago to stop having that as our basis for parenting. We yeah, chose Yeah, we, we try to tell not to tell our kids that they're going to go to hell. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But I think what we also do is let's let's give them, you know, let's say, for example, um, one of the biggest things for me is health. Obviously, I've been a trainer for a decade. Um, Even before that, I was a heavy girl in high school, had to try and figure out how to get healthy. Um, But there was way more than that. Right. I you this is another reason why I brought you on as my first guest. Right. Because the whole reason I'm creating this podcast is because there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things that I've had to kind of walk through over the years and help other people walk through over the years um, in order to find a healthy place, in order to find that place of vulnerability so that you can walk through all those layers and get to a good place within your soul that you can actually live a peaceful life. I feel like people are walking around right now in a constant state of angst. Doesn't it feel like that? It feels like so many people are walking around in a constant state of angst. And I think the world is is in a state of angst. I, I mean, I've only lived on this earth for 40, almost two years. Mm -hmm. And I don't really remember a lot of like sociopolitical things when I was growing up because I was too busy being a kid. And, uh, but it does seem like there's just a lot more stuff. I mean, I studied history in, at university and I remember, um, one of my classes was, um, about the 1950s. It was like strictly the yeah. 1950s. And I never realized like, cause growing up, it's like you watch leave it to beaver. I love Lucy. Sure. It's like, Oh man, the fifties was a cool time. Innocent. So simple. Yeah. And, but the fifties were crazy. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that, you know, the world almost ended in the fifties. Right. Between, you know, Russia what about, and what about that documentary on uh, the sixties? Remember we were watching that? And yeah, same. We were, I mean, it it, was nuts. that's, that's my point is like, it seems like every era there's like, there's a lot of really difficult things because the world is complex right? and, right. and humans are complex and no matter how advanced we get, we seem to always default to this dictator is now going to murder everybody. Well, here's, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. You say we're all complex. I actually, I, I actually believe that it's more that we make things extremely complex, but in reality, things are very simple. We our, our, our human selves want to make everything so complex, but going back to parenting in this day and age, um, going back to parenting, how simple was it to just understand I have this child who is someday not going to be with me. So they are not going to have me standing over them going, yes, yes, look at my approval. This is the decision you should make. They are going to be a child, then they are going to be an adult who is now going to have to be raised so that they know the decisions as an adult and they need to know what is healthy for them versus what is not. Right. That is the simplicity of it. I, it's so, so much harder, but it's, so I, simple, it's a it's simple difficult. idea. It's so simple, it's difficult, yes. Well, but you have to remember that, you know, that's like, We've, we've had to filter through so many things in our lives. And uh, it's, it's difficult. Like, for example, I was having a conversation with Evie the other day. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I screwed up somehow. <laughs> and um, I had Like she was angry with you? Uh, I don't know, but okay. I, I honestly don't remember. I wish I did right now because that would make this much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had to, like, be honest with her. Oh, I know what it was. I was We were talking about, because I'm, I'm in a new job right now. Um, I just started with a new company, and I'm kind of moving forward in my career. And she is kind of 
getting ready to decide what she's going to do because she's going to be a senior next year in high school and she's going to be off on her own. So we're like talking about, you know, what it is that she wants to do with her life. And I told her, you know, Evie, it's funny because I'm in my 40s and I used to think my parents, you know, they were older. They just had it all figured out. And I kind of look back now and I kind of laugh at that just knowing my family history. But (laughs) (laughs) I I think they would agree with me. But um, I told her, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to Your mom and I are in like this transition period right now where we don't really know. We don't have anything figured out. We are navigating right now, you know, because we're we're in our 40s and we're looking at we're staring down the barrel at you know, 20 years from now when we want to retire. That is a horrible sentence. I hate the way people use that sentence. <laughs> but um, anyway, so it was kind of like, but we had a cool discussion about it yeah. where I could be honest with my kid and say, hey, I haven't figured it out yet either. But what's cool is you can make a decision and move forward mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be what you do forever. Right. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to have everything figured out to make a decision. No. Somebody told me the other day at work, um, he had a professor in college. I think I mentioned this to you. He said, the thing about not having a plan is you can't change it. Right. You, if you have a plan, you can always change your plan. Yeah. But if you don't have any plan, you can't change it. Yeah. So it's almost like, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. Right. And that's that's what was neat about having a discussion with this kid who's going to be an adult soon. It made me realize that, oh, it's actually really important for me to talk to her face-to-face, eye-to-eye on the same level. Like, mm-hmm. you are a human, not just a kid that I tell what to do. Well, and also to not know all the an- perfect answers. Yeah, to show a little humility, yeah. show a little bit of like... Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not always right, even though I try to tell her I am. I think that, a, you know, kind of segueing into, you know, this all kind of came about. I think that a lot of our parenting style kind of started with um, when we first found out we were having Evie, <clears throat> we having a girl, I got a little panicked right away because I didn't, I didn't know how to raise a daughter to love herself in a society that constantly focused so much on the body, constantly focused so much on, on everything, how you look and, and, and women also being, you know, kind of almost pigeonholed to, Hey, you've got to stick to this or you've got to do this, you know? And, um, I didn't know how to, how do I teach somebody to make healthy choices? So, because here's the thing, there's that balance of, of not putting emphasis on, on, um, body and image and all of that. But there's also, um, but there's, there's an emphasis that you do need to put on health. So when we first found out we were having a daughter, I remember I panicked, but I, of course, had this sudden epiphany that with us, it would be okay. Number one, they would never, ever, ever hear um, me talk poorly about my body. Rather, they would only hear me say amazing things about my body, how strong it is, how capable it is. Um, and I have 
correct me if I'm wrong. I've stuck to that throughout, totally. our, uh, yeah. throughout our whole marriage um, and our whole parenthood. The second thing was um, the second thing beyond them seeing an example of a, of a mom who loves herself was we speak to them about health, about nutrition, about all of these things in an, in a very um, as though it's a subject in school. So there is no emotion to it. There right. is no, there is no, um, <clears throat> no talk of weight loss, no talk of any of that. What it is, is this, this calorie intake, it gives me great energy for this. This, mm, I'm eating poorly here. So mm, my tummy may feel it here. You and I have talked about how many years we spent as teenagers just stuffing crap down our throats because we did not even, nobody talked to us about the health facet, right, of of Well, in the energy. 80s when the, all the cereal commercials were like, this is part of a balanced breakfast. Right, right. And it's like Fruit Loops. It's candy. Right. I think about the years that I ate Pop-Tarts, like to go to school. Yeah. And I think about what was my brain getting to help my my brain fog. A ton of sugar. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like we think back to when we were kids and realize how how crazy it is that I had so many moments where I was so tired. I couldn't even I I would think about walking from here to there and I would not even it would feel tiresome to think about walking from here to there. And I now realize it had a lot to do with what I was filling my body. So to kind of put that into perspective, this is what I'm talking about. Raising human beings that understand the root cause of health, mentally, physically, spiritually, right? Yeah. So it, it is, it's interesting, but kind of going to you and me is 20, you know, 24 years of relationship. We've still had to have those moments where we sit down and we go, what the F are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like, are we screwing these kids up? Are we messing them up? And I think the most, um, I think the most rewarding thing that we've had in the last few years is kind of watching them having done all the work for years when they were little of that balance of health and that understanding of um, you got to make choices for you, babe. You got to make choices that make you healthy. And um, like even down to schoolwork, right? When us, when we were kids, it was just about straight A's, straight A's, straight mm -hmm. A's, like, come on, right? Well, I sucked in school. Like doing the way that school worked when I was, when I was a teenager was literally setting me up for failure because I do not do well with tests. Um, you can sit in front of me and you can talk to me for an hour about history and I'll remember 95% of what you say and be able to verbalize it back to you. But you give me a book to read about history and I have to reread the same paragraph 14 times and I still don't get it when I walk away from that, from that book. Well, when you're hopped up on Pop-Tarts, it's hard to focus. <laughs> For me, it was a lot of fast food. Yeah. I it, mean, it's funny. I just, I just don't think our parents even realized it back then. I think that was the other thing is they were just as misinformed. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I understand that like the performance-based parenting um, 
was just dis- discussing this with some some guys I work with the other day. We were talking about spanking. Right. And, you know, our parents, they were definitely spanked because mm-hmm. their parents raised them in the, you know, 50s and 60s. It was a thing. And then we pretty much, I can, I feel like most 80s parents spanked, mm-hmm. generally speaking, obviously not everybody. And we were talking about it as the receivers of those spankings. Right. Now, a lot of us were saying, well, we kind of spanked, like you and I spanked our children very, very, very seldomly. I did not. Right. <laughs> um, and one more than the other. Correct. Like the youngest, our youngest, like maybe once. Mm-hmm. And our oldest, maybe, you know, counted on one hand. And, but the whole reason for the discussion, and I, I thought I was alone in this. They, you know, we're going to get a lot of hate for that. Sure. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm being honest. <laughs> no, I'm just letting but you know. But the point is that discussing this with several other people in my group, they had the same experience. They were saying, I wish I hadn't. Right. Because now I realize that like, like, I mean, use Georgia, for example, our youngest, like that's just not Mm-mm. how she would respond. She no. would not respond to that. Mm-mm. You look at her the wrong way and she crumbles. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard for me to think back to, man, I, I made that decision and it was the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were, but again, you were taught by another generation. And that's my point. And that's generation. why, yeah. you know, if haters are going to hate that, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I can't change what I've sure. done. Um, it's not like we were like, throwing our kids against the wall. Well, here's, yeah, but here's the thing. Let's go back to Maya Angelou who said, once you know better, do better. You do better. And that is the truth. We, we, once we knew better, we, we did better. And I think from a long time ago, we started recognizing that parenthood is a hands-on deal, but every relationship is a hands-on deal. And maybe that's where we'll go farther in, in this podcast with you and me is that is that even you and me, our marriage is a hands-on deal. For example, like you and I make a genuine effort to spend a lot of time together. Yeah, We make a genuine effort to have lots of conversations and not conversations about our kids, but conversations about each other, about what we're doing. Um, and so <clears throat> it is interesting because, you know, just really quick going back to teaching people just like you teach your kids how to find that healthy balance that is it seems so easy but it really we make it complicated when we start putting in all of the ways that we were taught growing up all of the ways that we were raised all of the history of ourselves gets in the way of the simplicity of what we really are doing on this earth well i think there's just there's so many layers to each of us. Um, I mean, everybody has a story. Yep. And I have, you know, I, I try not to use this word too much because there's people that have like major more than me, but I have certain levels of trauma. Everybody has trauma, that, babe. That have formed who I am, how I view things. Uh, same with you. And what's funny is you and I are entering like, we're getting older. Yeah. And, and <laughs> my last birthday, I, I had to work because, you know, that's what you do. And I'm sitting there by myself and I'm like, I almost felt like I was teetering on the edge of an existential crisis. 
like, who am I? Where am I? <laughs> what am I doing? You know, and I came home and I, I, um, I, I think we just discussed it that night. I'm yeah. like, is this what, is this what a midlife crisis feels like? <laughs> is this the beginning of the end? <laughs> am I going to like go out and buy a, a convertible and, oh, I you know, not. uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it's like, I'm always looking for that now. Like, okay, is it going to rear its ugly head mm-hmm. or do I, or the fact that I'm even like recognizing it, maybe that's a good thing. Like I'm, I'm aware of it. Well, that's what I was going to say. So one of the things that I think that, that with this podcast I wanted to kind of go through, which is, I'm really glad that you brought it up was how everybody looks at everything through a certain colored glasses, right? We, we all look at each, we look at every situation. We respond to every relationship. We respond to every situation with the color of what, however, every trauma, every joy, every, anything that colored our experience we look at it through that color. Mm-hmm. And the the interesting part about it is I do think that you are, that what it is about us that we have to, about the whole, this whole generation, this whole, all society in general, is that if we can start recognizing the depths of these, the, the depths and also the shallowness of our, of our thoughts, then we start to recognize why, why we are seeing certain things the way they are, why certain relationships are not going well, because we are often the common denominator in certain things because of the way we're looking at it, of how we were raised. And I think that one of the things is, is you recognizing the, <laughs> the thought of, am I going to, buy a convertible, obviously it's, you know, it's one of those things that you are very open to, and especially as of late, and I think kids did this for you as well, is you are very open to recognizing the wounds that you still have. Yeah. And you, you, whether you, the, whether you actively pursue working on them every day, not necessarily, but yet at the same time, just you being aware of them has been a game changer for you. So far. Yeah. Well, because we don't want our kids to grow up with those, right? But they are going to have their own. Yeah. But our job is once again, going back to how we even started, once again, our job is to help our kids or the next generation if we don't have kids ourselves the next generation, because um, you know, there's plenty of teachers out there that don't have kids. There's plenty of there's plenty of people that don't, and that we all, as a society, our job is to help the next generation do better. And what the only way to really do that is to help them recognize that we are walking around actively, actively resisting all that we have gone through. Right. We are walking around actively shoving it down so that we don't even have to. We kind of use busy a lot of times as just a barrier between us and our old wounds. Let's just use busy because then then I have something else to think about. Then I can't then I'm not in a silent room thinking about all of the things. Right. Yeah. 
So I don't know. It's interesting because we as parents and as a couple, I think one of the things that I really love about our relationship is that we, we do actively spend time walking through ways to be, to get through all of our old stuff. But then you and I, we have this thing about, okay, once I've gotten through that old stuff, and especially in our relationship, it's not about holding that scorecard, right? Mm -hmm. It's about, it's about then when I experience what I'm experiencing and I have this moment of, oh crap, what am I doing? Um, we can recognize it and not resist it and just then walk ourselves through what is the root of that. Yeah, I think for me, you know, talk about what we've gone through, our own personal demons. I think for me, what I what what helps me with that is that it's like sometimes I I can focus on that a little bit. But what I have now is so much better than that, mm-hmm. that even though I haven't dealt with some of those things, and I don't know that if I ever can, to be honest, it's just, I'm not saying you can't, but there's a lot of things that would have to happen in order to heal those wounds, which, you know, coming from my cynical perspective, <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't see happening without some something major. But with that said is, I feel so strongly that I want to give my kids so much better than that, mm-hmm. that that becomes my focus. Yeah. And I'm so grateful and thankful every day that I have solid kids, that I have a wonderful marriage, that we're healthy, that we live in one of the most amazing places on earth. It's like, I have to remind myself, I can't really complain. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I have so many amazing <laughs> blessings. Yeah. Um, so that's it. I mean. Yeah, I think that, I think that the hard part with that is that we all kind of, and I know you're not trying to, I know you are not trying to diminish anyone's, right, like feelings of, because it doesn't matter if you live in the most beautiful place in, on earth. It doesn't matter. No, it definitely it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like there have been people who have had the most amazing life ever, or we think, right? And then we find that it's it's just not, not that case. But uh, going back into how our parents didn't know how to raise us, and we are living in the generation of parenting during Instagram, where everybody looks like they have an amazing life. Everybody looks like they have an amazing nest, right? And we all do have an amazing nest, but are we all living it, right? And yet Instagram would tell you, yes. Comparison is the we death. We are all living it. Comparison is the death of happiness. Right. And our kids are, are living in a generation of, so, of social media, right? And our kid, you and I have been lucky because our kids haven't asked for social media. They don't, they don't really want to exist in that. I think it's because the same thing that we taught them about this, this, um, big fatty donut is going to make you feel crappy. They also have made the choice for themselves to not jump on social media because they don't want to dig into all of like, Ooh, who's all liking my pictures and who's not liking my pictures. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I think that we're fortunate there. I don't know that we've necessarily, that it's that we've done the right thing. I think no. part of it is their personality. 
maybe yeah. also just where they grew up. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's definitely uh, an issue I know for a lot of parents. Um, uh, most parents yeah. right now. We were just having that discussion yeah. today with some people we ran into. Um, but yeah, I just, I just. It's just an interesting, you know, I think that's, I think the most important thing to, you know, and maybe this is where we leave it on in our podcast, but, uh, you know me better than anybody. And that's why I brought you on here. And us talking about parenting is so funny because we don't, we started not knowing what we're doing and we still kind of don't know what we're doing. What we can see at this point is we can see that we've raised some, we've raised some pretty cool kids. Uh, we think, um, we definitely see where, you know, we definitely see where I, I don't know about you, but I've been able to see where my nature versus nurture came out from my kids. Oh, I think that's the coolest thing is when you see, you know, like a lot of the things that I've always dealt with, I thought were because of situations I went through. Yeah. And after seeing Evie come out of the womb, <laughs> a basket case, it's like, wow, there, there's definitely some like genes there that yeah. are just, and then I, I'm able to look at, at her and go, okay, that's her. This is me. And I got it from my mom. Uh huh. Definitely got it from my mom, not oh, my yeah. dad. And it's like, wow, there's like, so that means that, it's not necessarily my situations that cause right. that. So now when I'm moving forward, I can kind of look at why I get, like, I'm a fighter. Like, I, I just immediately turn to arguing, defending my case. And I thought maybe that's because, you know, I was the third born and I had to be scrappy. But there's a part of it that, like, Evie's the firstborn mm -hmm. and she's super scrappy. Mm-hmm. And she wants to make sure that there's justice and that she's not blamed for the something she didn't do. It's like, that is me. And I know that she did not experience the things that I did. Right. So in a way, raising kids has helped me with my own identity mm -hmm. in moving forward. Right. And being able to recognize those triggers when they happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not excusing that behavior just because it's part of my brain or whatever, you know, whatever processes that cause that, but it helps me process it better and not kind of spiral mm -hmm. like I used to right? or like I tend to do. So that just recently has really been a huge thing for me. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a big part of what I was talking about, about you know, parenting is very hands-on relationships are very hands-on. And what I mean by that is like, we can look at Evie. Um, we can look at one of our ch children and say, Oh, they're a lot like you. And we recognize that they needed a certain kind of parenting. Then we recognize that our second child needed a totally different kind of parenting. Um, and I have had to learn with, with our oldest because she is like you I have so often told her, I said, Evie, if I can figure out one thing, my whole goal is to figure out how you can, can use that fight for justice to benefit you in life and not detour you, you know? Well, we have a way of saying that in our family. It's should I use my powers for good or for evil? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
and we're trying to get <laughs> our kids to use their powers for right. good. Well, and our second one is such a, pe- a people pleaser that I have often tried to, I have to really, really watch where she's just kind of deciding to shut up and just not speak um, and not communicate. And mm. I've had to be like, no, no, no. The wilting you flower. You need to communicate rather mm. than being the wilting flower. Well, you know, you need to communicate. So, but I think that all comes from massive amounts of minutes of being parents. Yeah. From the first day that we had them. Oh my gosh. Remember that day? Oh yeah. It's crazy. We were kids ourselves. We were kids. We were so young. So from the first day that we had them to who they are now. Um, but for you and me, it almost feels like a representation of all the different chapters that we've had in our marriage. And that is what it is. We have so many different chapters. I can think of all the different chapters. And it's so funny because I know that I'm a writer. So, of course, I think in that term. To me, it almost feels like different lifetimes. Right. Absolutely. We've, we've moved along with those things, too, geographically. We've moved. Yeah. You and I, like even the way we used to communicate with each other is just completely different. Um, And just like kids, I think that as we get older, you and I, the more we have learned to communicate together, the better our marriage has become. Yeah. The stronger our marriage has become. Like I I think one of the biggest things that if I can give anybody uh, anything is going back to what you said about not holding on to things. And you and I just love to have a good time. Yet we also are, there's, there's a balance between just having a good time and not talking to each other and having a good time and communicating your things when you need to. But really it's about, it's about letting some things roll off your back and trusting each other completely to like, I trust that you want the best for me and you trust that I want the best for you. And the, God, that makes life so much easier. Trust is huge. I mean, that's, that's a whole series right? in itself. <laughs> so we won't get into that nope. right now. But um, Well, I think that over, you know, that leaves us in a good segue because there are lots to come. There are lots of things that we are going to talk about over the, and I'm going to have Ben back plenty in between all the different guests that I'm going to have. I already have other guests set up. Um, I have... Um, a New York Times bestseller coming. I have a couple of different amazing uh, guests coming up that I'm really excited about. But what you're going to trust from me and my podcast is, um, honestly, I've spent years, I've spent decades just kind of being a studier of the human existence. Just kind of my whole goal when I started my business a decade ago was that when somebody would walk through my door, my whole goal was not to explain about me but to literally just listen and hear about them. And it taught me the biggest part of, of growth in myself. And I, what's crazy is now it's become an obsession for me to know the depths of somebody else's soul and to know the depths of somebody else's, like how they got to where they are and what drove them to that. What? You're laughing. (laughs) No, I'm just thinking about how I'm just the polar opposite. I, 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 really don't care that is not true (laughs) no i care you do i care i just you just really like everybody's your best friend you just want to like get to you want (laughs) to know people so badly you want to you want to know everything about them i do and 
a lot of times I, I don't even like, I don't even ask questions. But once again, and that will probably be an entire <laughs> podcast of itself, is the differences and why it works for people to be opposite of each other you as know, marriage. How, how long has your friend been married? Uh, I don't know. Are they married? Uh, geez, I don't know. I didn't even <laughs> ask. What do they do? Uh, I'll have to ask them the next time. Oh can, you write, can you write these questions <laughs> down for me so that we hang out next time I can ask? <laughs> Let's just leave it at that you are, you, I am definitely, I believe, I truly from the depths of my soul believe in, we are, I wrote it in a, in a, on my Instagram the other day, we are one day to utopia. I truly am like, this could happen. I, I, I am an internal optimist, but well, it is that eternal optimist that has dragged you through. I know I was about to say, thank God you're like that because I, obviously that's what works for us. Yeah. Um, we've always talked about Tessa being the kite and I'm the dead weight <laughs> that is not, on the ground. It's not how I tell keeping the story. Her, keeping her grounded. And it, and it works because you kind of, you lift me up and this is going to be good. <laughs> you, because you're my because. kite, I'm constantly looking up. Oh my to the gosh. sky. Does that mean that I'm constantly looking down? No, you're like, uh, no, you're trying to blow forward. <laughs> Keep going. You're just dragging me along with you. Yeah. Well, I think that that's, I mean, that's what I'm excited about. I truly am. I'm excited about it. I wanted you to be my first guest because um, I'm excited because you know me. You know that for years I had, I just, I love people and I love their experience and I, but I also, I also ask the, the deep questions that people are probably going to be like, Oh God, this is a vulnerable moment for me. And so that's why I think that, that the podcast is going to be very, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be something that I look forward to in my week. Um, but I, I, I think that my biggest thing is, if we could all just become cheerleaders for each other. I run a business right now where it's all about, hey, can you come in and not immediately go to that competitive nature? There's plenty to go around. And can you come in and be a cheerleader for this person and this person and this person and this person? Yeah. And that is one thing we've done with our kids is they rarely hear us talk bad about other people. We really try. Just as the ones as, that deserve it. That's not true. <laughs> well, sometimes. We <laughs> For always, you. No, we always taught our kids, um, befriend those who don't have friends. Correct. And also just no matter what. I did what, not do that. Just to be totally transparent because I know a lot of people that grew up with me are probably going to listen to this and be like, that guy was not <laughs> like that at all. I'm admitting I wasn't like that. And I'm, I've actively become a better person look you're 42 freaking years old if or 41 years old if if they cannot see that that, that people grow i'm past just putting out a disclaimer <laughs> okay. that, that's it i said well, it. i was too shy to be anybody's i was just like super shy as a, as a high schooler so i didn't know what to say to anybody i got tongue-tied at the drop of a hat so but i'm just saying that i am i am super stoked about this because i feel like it's just about cheerleading for the world, right? And we all need it because of that level of angst that I think people are having. So there's a lot of things we're gonna discuss, but of course I couldn't do it without the love of my life first. And I'm looking across at you because you're so cute. 
Thank you. You are. I truly love this guy more than anything in the world. And uh, I'm excited to have you back and talk to, about more things. Um, there's plenty on the list because I think people would be interested. So, but anyway, um, thank you for coming and listening. And I appreciate you guys so much. And again, like I said, I've got plenty of people coming back. Um, I've got guests lined up that I'm super stoked about. Um, and, uh, find me on Instagram because I'm constantly trying to, um, connect us all in, um, just to get us all at a better place right now and be the cheerleader for other people. And if you have things that you are dreams that you're looking for and wanting and desire, I hope that this podcast helps you get to a place where you have the, the strength and the fire to go after whatever it is that you want, but then also have the backing of who you are to be your to be your guide and your anchor um that's the most important thing figure out who you are and go after what you want you got to do it in that order because otherwise it's a little chaos find me on instagram and facebook tessa man wade talk to you soon bye